The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Live at CNBC's inaugural CEO Council Summit in Santa Barbara, California. Take a look at futures this morning. Uh, still in debt ceiling limbo, although, as Becky said, talks resume today. Uh, UK inflation runs a little bit hot. Decent batch of some specialty retail earnings. Our roadmap is going to begin, though, with that elusive D.C. debt deal. No signs of progress, but negotiators are set to meet again today with Wall Street on watch. Plus, uh, retail bounce, shares of Kohl's, Urban Outfitters, and Abercrombie all are rallying rather sharply on quarterly results. And Palo Alto CEO says AI will transform the software industry. He joined Jim last night on Mad Money. Palo Alto shares, by the way, also are up ahead of the open. Let's begin with the markets. NASDAQ coming off its worst daily performance in about a month. Dow hoping to avoid four straight days of losses, as we did get some good commentary on the markets and the economy here at our CEO Council Summit. Jim, uh, David Solomon talking about sort of a, a view that you share, which is that inflation is going to be hard to tamp down. We can't seem to get anything going in terms of wage, just even stabilization, not increase. Yesterday, there was a conference call, uh, I mean, a release, Toll Brothers. The Toll Brothers, the release was incredible. Doug Yearly's great. He just million-dollar homes. The average price of, of a Toll Brothers house is now a million. I remember when it was 600000 just a few years ago. David, sold out. I mean, sold out. It, it doesn't matter what rates are doing. I mean, the wealth, if you read that, if you read what Doug Yearly said, and he's a straight-shooting CEO, you would say, okay, we got we to gotta stop this juggernaut. PMI strong yesterday. This thing was, uh, when I, it's like, look, there are so many wealthy people. Now, I'm not saying we need great redistribution or anything. I'm just saying that it's unaffected by in mortgage the face, rates. In the face of steadily rising mortgage rates was my question. And look at that chart. So what is nothing. that? Why? It's because there's just tremendous inflation in the system. People just keep making more money and they keep, these guys can charge whatever they want. And I think that that's kind of what our problem is. That's when you talk about sticky, it's not necessarily the, the uh, generic food at a Walmart. They, they can't stop this. Uh, mortgage, 30-year uh, fix, back to seven. First time since uh, March 9th. And uh, Jim uses the term sticky, which is getting used a lot around yeah, here anyway. This is what David that. Solomon told us yesterday at our council summit. More in the camp that we're probably going to have a recession is because I think that inflation is going to be stubborn. I, I don't necessarily see rates really, you know, easing mm -hmm. at the end of the year based on what I see now. And so uh, I think it's, it's stickier and harder, but, but, you know, also uncertain. And there are a lot of factors that are going to, that are going to have to be balanced, and, and it's just not clear. 
Is it ch- you changing your mind on June? What, what's going on? No, I think you, you can still take a pause in June because we got to see what damage is being done. And look, we're also in this. Every day we come in, March, market's bad. This is starting to get very reminiscent. If you go back to that period in 2011 where you realize every day, the, you know, I'm looking at the S&P every, and Dow, every day they were down as we went closer and closer. Oh, 1345, oh, 13. 13. And then 12s. <laughs> I mean, it's every single day was down. And so you start getting a sense of, well, we got to pull back. we got to see what really is going to happen. Now, the people, and Dave, you know this, the people who are on Social Security who so-called might miss a payment, are not toll brothers people. But I, I don't think the Fed cares. I think the Fed says, listen, we just can't have ho- major home builders raising prices 10, 15, 20% every year. We just can't. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable for our nation. Uh, and rents going higher, not sustainable. But that's people who have enough money to be able to move up. Now, remember, uh, uh, Doug Yearly would tell you this whole problem stems to some degree from the low mortgage that people got. Yeah. And they don't want to give up their mortgage. I mean, by the way, Solomon's been saying that for some time yeah, in terms of his recession uh, prediction. No, he but yesterday, Jim, you were talking the other side in terms of inflation. We were talking about the consumer being weak in terms of discretionary. Remember? I mean, only travel. Other than right. that, everything seems well, weak. Look, and so I, I don't know. I, you know, it's I'm, tough. I mean, Lowe's was uh, Lowe's was, I thought, a good quarter, but only because it had been guided down after Home Depot. But, you know, Lowe's, look, Marvin Ellison's a really straight shooting guy. And he didn't have a lot of good things to say about, about how things were going. He said things are okay. Things are okay. He does have this moment, Carl, that, is, that everybody has to listen to. He talks about how much money you can make in a Philadelphia, Mississippi store versus a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania store. <laughs> and how the, the money is to be made in Philadelphia, Mississippi in a small-scale store. He's pure joy. Marvin Ellison is one of these CEOs. You listen to him, and he's got mellifluous talk about about the consumer and where the consumer is doing well. And overall, he's saying things are fine. Not great, not bad. And I think that if you're like a Coles where it's been bad and it's suddenly good, it seems great to you. But I'm just you know, painting a picture where people are just kind of nervous and not doing a lot of stuff. So you mentioned Coles up 12 this morning, Urban, uh, yeah. Abercrombie we're going to talk to later this morning. Revenge. Is that just about beating a low bar? I think so. I mean, this is a revenge of companies that people felt that missed the mark. Ur- Urban is very hit or miss. But Tom Kingsbury is running Coles. And if I don't know, I'm going to do this just because it's fun. David, in your, t- in your, tr- your, your checks of Burlington. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, which I know you got that. No, that's like the price of a Burlington store. <laughs> Kingsbury is a, is a, he's a genius. And he's turning around Coles. I'm not kidding. Coles is turning. Now, I know sometimes the rebranding, it's like Sephora, and then underneath it is Kohl's. But I'm going to Kohl's. I'm going to go back to Kohl's. To buy slacks? I'll get some slacks. I got some $14 slacks at TJ the other day. Um, really? Are you yeah. really saying that Kohl's is coming back? I'm saying that Tom really? Kingsbury is pulling off a miracle. They've been in your crosshairs for a long time. Why? What are they doing that's suddenly different than well, what was happening under uh, Being smart, it's quite a change. Uh, no, he's emphasizing he's emphasizing value, but he's got the inventories down. I mean, this place has been the most promotional place. I've always felt it's one of those places where you go in, and if you bought something the week before, you'll say, ah, darn it. Should have waited. Half price. Mm-hmm. But he has got that thing going. That is the beginning of a major move. And I didn't want to believe it because I felt that But I, I had dinner with Kingsbury after when he was retiring from Burlington. I thought he was done. It's the second act. There are second acts. Uh, as for housing, we got an upgrade to Sherwin today. I saw on that. On a housing trough. Very positive. 
that that is nobody's saying the painting's been bad. Uh, all the you know Home Depot, Lowe's, DIY, okay. What was interesting was Lowe's talked about the professional actually being strong, but they do their three quarters DIY. But I thought the show. I think this is a very contrary call, but it's contrary because if you're uh, if you're looking at what we do every day in the stock market. You're not thinking your house is going up in value, but your house is going up in value. That's what's so strange. And that's because of the shortage. These guys, All these home builders just talk endlessly about millions of homes. We need millions more homes, not hundreds of thousands more homes. So you're just really positive on the home builders. I shouldn't be. This and by is, the way, I mean. You're supposed to hate them. I know. I'm, we've been talking about that for the last eight months, well, and all I, they do is go up in they terms raise of the stock. Yeah, look, I, look, we love the value companies on how their gross margins are, right? Because that indicates how much competition there is, whether yep. they're in trouble. The gross margins far exceeded what Toll Brothers thought they could do. And Toll Brothers, they should be, their gross margins should be slashed right here. Right. They should be getting crushed. They're crushing it. Strongest group in the S&P. I got to tell you, it leaves me confused, though, in terms of whether this pause is really a pause for any length of time. I mean, you know, yesterday, again, we're talking about the consumer not being great, but then we're coming back to the idea, well, wages are still fairly strong. And today, then, you're talking about housing continuing to be on fire. I don't know. What do I look at? Layoffs. And we don't have I mean, how many can Zuckerberg give us? Other than it meta, we don't have He's been the gift, the (laughs) gift of layoffs. He gives them to us every day. Nothing today. Well, Musk did did a pretty good job there for a while, too. Musk was was very That was very quick. But no, I mean, you know, people losing job, it's not a nice no, thing. But no. we have not seen, I don't know, there's a weird moment. I don't, I'm sure I should have told our guys to queue up. Nikesh Arora on Palo Alto last night was the first guy to basically say, look, I now know where to save. I can, I can save, I can let go of a lot of people. Really? And make a lot more money. You mean because of AI and machine yeah, learning? Yeah, because of AI. I'm, I, you know, I'm starting to hear it. It seems almost hard to imagine that companies have adjusted that quickly understanding in terms of what they can use to replace people, but I'm starting to hear it, which is a little worrisome in a way for, I don't know, just generally speaking, that it's moving that quickly. It is. It is. And I I thought Um, what was interesting, I mean, he mentioned it, and I I, kind of then went on to some other talk, and I said, no, Nikesh, you've got to go back. Are you telling me that you're now able to identify places where you just don't need people and you can make a lot more money? And he said, yeah. Bobby, yeah, this is not always the uh, lower rung jobs. This is no. oftentimes higher up. Right. Um, you know, fairly, what you'd consider fairly significant skill this jobs. Call center. This cold call no, center. No, no, it's not that. We're not it's talking about that. We're People talking with about 20 year seniority. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Because this machine can basically uh, ingest that experience overnight. Yes. yes and replicate and what I think you do. It, it, he's talking about gross margins going up in part because you just don't need. A lot of people, it's not dead wood, okay? I know that that concept, I want you to use that concept out loud. You can never use the term mm. dead wood because it's like, that's pretty insulting. When you're in a room, totally. all right, got to get rid of the dead wood. That was Goldman Sachs, by the way. Goldman recession sticky. Um, but I do think that what's happened, what's happened is when you get a guy like Nikesh, who, uh, who's got a great company to begin with, and he's using a lot of AI to stop the bad guys. And then he starts thinking about, hold on, AI, this is pretty intelligent stuff. Let's figure out which division we don't, maybe we can cut back on. And then suddenly it's happening now. Uh, Morgan now. Stanley today on Palo Alto sees a $100 billion market cap in two years. 
be 60% upside. Well, he's got all these other companies reporting bad numbers. And it's like, it's so funny because you'll check in with Nikesh and say, Jim, no, you see, they're reporting bad numbers because we're reporting good numbers. Because on Wall Street, you know, hey, a, a competitor of so-and-so had bad numbers. Yes, I've been. No, he's destroying everybody's numbers, except for Zscaler, which has good numbers. He is head-to-head with CrowdStrike. Sometimes I'll say something good about CrowdStrike, and then it's like, you know, I'm hacked. But you think so, you, you'd, you'd give them the AI premium, the, the AI halo? Yes, they have it. it They're in that bucket. Justifiable. You think he'll be there in two years, Jim, to enjoy that $100 billion this is, market value this is that his, Goldman... Uh, his fifth week, uh, fifth year, and by the way, in terms of S&P versus him, it's a question. It's almost triple. Yeah, no, he's had great triple. outperformance. Yeah. There's, there's nowhere... No I mean, way. is he going to stay? I don't know. Is Great players stay at great teams. No, I, I just wonder. I wonder happen. if he's got bigger. Wait, you mean Aaron Rodgers? Maybe you know, other than Aaron Rodgers, the cash. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers likes. He was at Green Bay for anyway. I'm aware of where he's playing football <laughs> okay, now. I didn't know. Yes, I, this, I, is, uh, this is a big year coming been up his, for those of us who've been yeah. waiting since 1969. I might have been out of his strike zone. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a statute of limitations it on this thing? Does it? No, no, it's, it's never going to end. He's just going to keep piling on. I'm, I'm working. Well, I did on, the Princess Bride for like four days. Come on. Oh, we're going to get back to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Still to come this morning, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis set to launch his presidential bid today. Got details on that. Take a look at pre-market. As we still got a ton of news to get to, we'll work our way through some of these retail numbers uh, and Palo Alto, what they told Jim last night. Don't go away. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. little aerial footage of uh, where we are here in Santa Barbara at our CNBC CEO Council Summit. As we're, look at that, little drone right wow. above us. <laughs> Finally got some good weather out here this morning. Yeah, I, no, I love it out here. It's yeah. been so usual. Well, now it's fun. nice. Although apparently May is not the greatest month for summer. Yeah. How about no. June gloom? Where were that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I come to California, it's raining. I can't explain well, it. But at least it's not. Let me know when you're coming. I won't go. <laughs> Meantime, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to formally launch his bid for the White House later today, and he'll do so alongside Twitter CEO Elon Musk. The two have a plan on a discussion on Twitter spaces moderated by tech entrepreneur David Sachs, a DeSantis supporter and Musk confidant. In his interview with Faber last week, Musk did hint at what he's looking for in a candidate. Don't we all just want a normal human being? Whatever that means. Whatever. I'm not even sure anymore what normal means. No, but I mean, like, you know, just... I don't know. Just so you want somebody who's competent. Yeah, That's they, helpful. Yes, I, I think uh, def- definitely um, 
Somebody's executive ability is underrated. Since the president is effectively the chief executive officer of the country, um, it, it actually matters if they are a good ex executive officer. Yeah. It's, it's not simply a matter of do they share your beliefs, and the, you know, um, but but are they good at, at getting things done? There's a lot of decisions that need to be made every day. Um, many of them are unrelated to uh, moral beliefs. Um, you know, right. And um, and you just want a good executive. Because <laughs> they're, they're CEO of America. By the way, if you did miss the interview last week, you can always catch David's full interview with Elon tomorrow night as well, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We know DeSantis, guys, has a lot of cash. Um, and, but the discussions today is largely about what it means for Twitter as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, Elon will not endorse a candidate specifically. You could imagine, though, certainly given a lot of the focus that he has on uh, the woke mind virus, as he likes to put it, that he would probably be aligned in some ways with DeSantis. But again, he's not committing to that. And I think to your point, he's trying to make Twitter a platform. If the Democrats were having a primary, my guess is he would be happy to entertain as many candidates that wanted to join him on that as well. I spoke with someone who was high level at uh, Twitter not that long ago, talking about how he, there really was a lot, of, uh, a lot of people that weren't necessary, but that you've got to start making it so that video is a factor. And now, I mean, I don't know, David, video was. Remember you said people go to the spaces and they would have to duke it out and then it just went away. Yeah, well, he's trying to, he's certainly trying to create and make uh, spaces more robust. I mean, we did our interview on spaces. We, you know, it's funny because when Elon came in, he was, he had to be the host. So we sat there for a while as he arranged it, of course, himself, because now, he has no new. people. Um, and now he's doing that. this on space. You didn't give us the behind the scenes. Well, a little behind the scenes. But, you know, um, and then there's DeSantis and Disney, which we've talked about a right. great deal. Of course, we've been talking about Disney for any number of other reasons of late. Yesterday, I had uh, uh, former uh, U.S. Attorney uh, General Bill Barr, twice actually, remember? He was uh, under uh, George H.W. Bush and, of course, under Trump as well. Um, and I did ask him, given he spent a lot of time in the corporate sector, uh, did Bill Barr remember he was general counsel right. at GT and at Verizon, part of the telecommunications consolidation wave in the 90s there, and a key part of it really. But I asked him, you know, how would he come down, and how did he would he feel uh, via uh, or in terms of Disney versus DeSantis? Take a listen. You know, generally speaking, I don't like the idea of using sovereign power to punish a, a company, treat it any worse than a similarly situated company because of their political positions. On this one, though, I actually support DeSantis. Uh, I thought what, what for me is important here is that Disney was getting special privileges, and this is a question of having those special privileges removed and being treated like everybody else. And second, I felt that Disney's intervention here was very unfair because it, it unfairly characterized what uh, DeSantis was doing as a matter of policy and really pandered to and played to uh, a narrative uh, by his political opponents. It's still going to be an issue, uh, and, and particularly in terms of how the Republican Party, I think, views business. And this, this will be something that DeSantis, I'm sure, well, he's used it. Uh, oftentimes, and effectively to sort of promote his views on a lot of things, but it will come up, one would expect, quite often. You give special privileges to a company that creates lots of jobs. What is, there's nothing in the Constitution 
about how companies that do really well and create a lot of jobs shouldn't get special privilege. Where is that? I mean, he's a constitutional scholar. Where is it? And by the way, they're they're also suing on their free speech rights to say, hey, you know, we're allowed to say what we want and we shouldn't be punished for it. This was something, obviously, that existed, the special district, for 50-plus years. And to the point, this is a company that has created an enormous amount of economic value in the state of Florida. Would Bob Iger argue which he has? Not to mention recently, of course, the decision not to house 2,000 employees there or move them well, there. I mean, if you, let's say you wanted to put a new Disney. Where would you put it? New Mexico. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did away with the idea of smaller mini parks. The reason this I came week. up with the New Mexico idea was because it's inconceivable that you would ever put one in Texas because of politics. The, 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 I just don't think the Disney team would stand for the right-wing orientation of Texas. If you want to go down that way, it's not that Florida's going to lose Disney World. There was a time before Disney World existed, but I'm just saying that, you know, I don't know why you court a negative attitude toward these giant employers who still have something that people want to go to, which is theme parks. I mean, I think that they're fungible. They're fungible where you put a theme park. So shut up and let Iger make some money for you. Yeah. There you go. That said, a lot of these states, including the one we're in, don't make things easy to do business either in certain areas. True. When we come back, uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Plenty to get to on this uh, Wednesday morning. As we're live from Santa Barbara, don't go anywhere. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Lots of different pots boiling today, the debt ceiling negotiations. We'll talk more about these inflation prints in Europe and some uh, hikes to the forecast there, at least for Bank of England's terminal rate. And then we'll dive into a pretty decent batch of earnings today. Don't forget the opening bells in a few moments. And you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Welcome back. Time for a uh, mad dash. Analog devices not having too good a go of it. This is befuddling because we've had this kind of rolling sell-off of semiconductors. We had the ones that did PCs, then the ones that did servers, then the ones that did data centers, but the ones that have been immune were the Internet of Things automotive industrial. That's been where there's been strength the whole time. David, that's over. Analog Devices reported a weaker number than I, and this is a great company, that does, let's call them manufacturing semis. And it kind of took people's breath away because this had been the safety zone. Now, we have NVIDIA tonight, and that's obviously a... That's very different, though. Exactly. Yeah. That's one's very ethereal. This one is nuts and bolts. And I don't is know... Is this a pure play on the broader economy well, or economic health? Pure play on industrial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Internet and, of Things, for example, putting chips on everything so right. you can track I, look, the data. I, I, I didn't see it coming. Cisco had a decent quarter, and they do a lot of Internet of Things work. Yeah. But this was very surprising, and it's going to, I know it, it's one of those, it's kind of a yesteryear, but it really isn't. It's a very good company, and it's done really amazing things. It's also financially really well run, and uh, it kind of took a lot of people by surprise. And it took me by surprise. I, I would have expected no, this is, this at least is not a, my number. This is almost a $100 billion market value company. Yes, so this no is one not an insignificant company. We don't talk about it that often. We should, and yeah. it was put together by a couple companies, and what they've yeah, done they've is done really, things. like NXP, all right, gotten to where people 
where they are, they'll have like $200 per content of a car and then $250. And they're just so well run. They never miss. I like them so much more than, than Texas Instruments, which never gives you, they have a never complain, never explain attitude to Texas. These guys are so well run that it's going to cause a shudder and people are going to say, you know what? There's been a nice rally in the semis. Maybe I'm overstaying my welcome. Hmm. You mentioned NVIDIA. Uh, these comments by Jensen uh, about what China. Yeah, about a China de-risk and what it means for American tech. It's it, kind of concerning. Yes. Uh, Jensen Wong, CEO of, of NVIDIA, had said to me earlier, look, uh, we, just, we'll pl- we comply by the laws. The laws we, com- we are going to to the letter. But he never, he never really characterized his view on it. That's why that FT, FT is very strident in that report. Let's see whether he addresses it tonight in the quarter. Very strident yeah. about how this is we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. That's the theme out here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I would argue out here. Right? Yeah. Don't you think, There's David? some bearishness on all things China. Yeah, that people have to, that some people feel we're, we've gone off the rails, China. We don't hear as much about Taiwan as much as that commerce, more commerce would be better. That's what I keep hearing. There's the opening bell, by the way, the big board over there. It's Nokia uh, celebrating Nokia. its rebranding at the NASDAQ solar energy company, Tygo. There's a look at what uh, Jensen told the FT. But Ramondo having dinner tonight with her counterpart uh, is being framed as maybe let's try to keep wow. this from going off the rails. Oh, I think that would be terrific. I, look, I, I, I am now in the camp which just says, I mean, I'm a hard line on this. The people are separate from the government. We haven't talked about COVID, another wave of COVID, 50 million a week. I just don't think that we wait. We, what? There's a new wave of COVID in China. 50 million a week in oh. the last four weeks. There was a story I, on the tape I about events getting canceled over the weekend yeah. in China. Is travel going cut back? Wind is down. It's a quick ten bucks after a great quarter. Uh, Estee order down. That's travel stock. They had a bad quarter last time. But I, I, yeah. I think that Jensen is saying that, uh, that as you mentioned, we're hurting ourselves. Uh, Gina Romano on the other end is saying, look, we did, we're just trying to make it so that if Taiwan uh, the unthinkable happens, we're still strong, uh, which is a, both a Republican and Democrat position, which is one of the reasons why she's been, David, so successful. Yeah. She um, speaks to Republicans. I mean, like, actually, like, hi. She does. Yes. Yeah. Jenny Romano does. Yeah. Yes. Not the premier in China. No, well, that's, I that's also speed dial. I have her on speed dial. I guess that doesn't mean that she has him on speed dial. No. Listen, a thawing would be a very positive, un- unexpected thing if there was one. Uh, you think it would occur. be positive? You don't think it would be? For the a- markets and well, for, well, for business? Markets of course fantastic. it would be. be yeah. fantastic. I mean, this is, a, this is a number one concern of, as we say, of CEOs. We've said yeah. it many times. We heard it here, along with now generative AI and how that's going to change your business and what you need to do. But the relationship with China between this country and, and well, the relationship and or the potential decoupling right. uh, is paramount of paramount yeah. concern. Oh, I know. In the meantime, we're, we are in that period. Where, where's my book? I mean, look at this. I mean, this, we're back in that period where it's just every day you're down a little bit every day to the point where people. Now, if you go back to 726, 727, 728 in July, uh, this was during 2011. 2011. The papers were dominated with, the, we're going to get downgraded. Our debt is going to get downgraded because it was just so surreal. Maybe we couldn't do an auction. An auction was going to be put off. We don't talk enough about the S&P, I think, because the S&P was then slapped down by the, by the government when they downgraded us. But every day it was about, will they downgrade our paper? We don't hear that. But you know what? Just because we don't hear it doesn't mean it couldn't happen right. again. No, and we're getting closer and closer to the 
week from today? Day. I yeah. mean, a week from today, oh, and then maybe we've right. got another week or so. I See, don't know. You, what you just said? Yeah. That's what started getting people, the Republicans ran with that. Hey, listen, we may be not able to raise money per certain day, but we have eight days in the kitty. Right. Well, and that got then that, made it so you know, it was even Treasury more Treasury General account may still have some money left in yeah. it, and there's ways that they can... Couch. Well, when Yellen said Points by the 15th, the right, that was the, that's the, yeah, but you, you see know, that, so that, that does give you two weeks of leeway, but, but really, do you really want to, do you really want to go right up to the well, edge? Do you want to know, but do they? I mean, come I on. For them. They seem to, I mean, they played with fire in 2011 and it really backfired. And you think questioning Treasury's date is also that's doing the same? Yeah, because what happens, Republicans started saying, you know what, that what they're not including is the money that's just in the eight days, suddenly there was eight days worth of money, which then made the, the Democrats seem like they were uh, chicken little. And everything just coalesced in the stock market getting hit. And it didn't matter, by the way, tech got hit every day. There were good quarters that reported. They didn't matter. And I don't want that to happen. It's I don't feeling know. I don't know that anybody believed the June 1st date was a hard date. I, I, I think they knew. Yeah, even the first time Yellen said it, yeah. it was like, oh, she's trying to build urgency. I well, really don't I think. I mean, every, I, every, people I've spoken to said that's not our real date. But it's close. It's well, got to be close, but it's sort of a... But the one thing that's so different about 2011, every day that the market went down, it was also viewed as being that we were about to go into a really, you know, really severe recession. And the economy was slowing down. Here we've got lots of people come on air and say, listen, we're about to be in a recession. The numbers are extraordinary. Really strong, but we're about to be in a recession. What do you got? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. <laughs> just scrolling Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not scrolling <laughs> on Twitter. What do you got there? No, I, you know. I, I a, oh, I got an investing Actually, club. Actually, our executive producer, I couldn't understand him, so he tw- texted me what he wanted me to talk about. What? Okay. Yeah. So I'll actually I'll follow through. Is that the whole time? That's, you, look, you, all you, it says. Do you see ever that? Talk, Can you read that? We got to talk about city. There you go. Oh, Banamex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works here. Yep. <laughs> we do, because I got to tell you, I got to wrap on this city thing. Okay, so Banamex was for sale forever, right? This is city's version, the once dominant bank. No buyers. Now, when they see they're going to be an IPO, that does not say, wow, I get a piece of that. What that says is they shopped this thing. David, they shopped this to everybody. No one believes their numbers. Yeah. Um, this, this is, is a big a, this deal. Is still, this is, I mean, this is back from the Sandy Wild days when they originally did that the Banamex deal, yeah, I think. It, um, it, but it's been, again, the, the big news was we're moving on from it. This is just, well, we haven't been able to potentially find a buyer. Oh, no, but this was um, once, there was a time when Vikram Panda was there. We were talking about having the annual meeting in Mexico City because it was, it was the star in the well, galaxy that was City. Meanwhile, you've talked about this name quite a bit uh, oh, and not necessarily with a great positive uh, feeling because of the book value being well, at least on paper so much higher than the stock I've price. I've only seen it with Glenn Fed and CalFed in the 80s and those went bankrupt. The city's not in danger of going bankrupt. No. City no. has a lot of different great cash management businesses, but the disparity between their tangible book value and their actuals, the highest of any bank, and this Banamex thing really took by surprise. And it down. persists. It persists. Right. For, it has for years. Now. But we thought Banamex was worried. No, they had some uh, issues, we know, some very public issues involving some valuations, some, some chicanery. But Mexico's very strong right now. And no, not working. We have a lot of things that are not working today, though. Although, um, um, on Mega Cap Tech today, uh, Mizuho takes Amazon to 160, Jim. Right. They're talking about a reacceleration in AWS growth. Um, there's that. And then, of course, you and Eddie Q here yeah. at uh, our CEO council yesterday. Take a listen to what Eddie told Jim. 
things. It's hard to do one great thing. And so we've been very, I think, very good about deciding. So when we're going to go into sports, um, we didn't want to just put our toe in the water. We didn't want to put one game on. or We, we wanted to do something that, you know, I used the, I'll use the Gretzky quote, even though it's, we, we did soccer. It's like we, we wanted to go where the puck was going, not where the puck was. That's what he does. He skates to where the puck was going, not to where the, the puck is. And, and that's the same thing we wanted to do with sports. And so we looked at it. I'm a sports fan. We just, you can see that by what, I, just my, what I've said. I wanted to create something that if you're an MLS fan, you're going to love. And if you're not an MLS fan, the first time you see it, you're going to be like, wow, this is, this is really good. Well, if he can get people worldwide to like MLS, he's got the best presentation. I watched a game on, on the Philadelphia Union is a good team. Uh, we were in the playoffs this year. And if you watch the presentation, it's really rather extraordinary. It, it is just much better than most of what you see on TV for, uh, for soccer, for football. It's, a, it's an international sport. It so, is, but I mean, don't you have a lot of fans here for something called the Premier League, for example, well, which you can watch? Well, the question I on. had, the question <laughs> I what had, can you watch it on NBC, CNBC? But no, no but the Peacock. 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 Oh, right. Oh, I, 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 it's essential, and I'm always on it. Uh, what, what mattered to me was that 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 uh, can you get people uh, from overseas to watch American soccer, MLS? And the answer to that is, yeah, Ted Lasso. Okay. Well, people, people. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Well, no, it's it. an internationally loved show. Right. So maybe, maybe things and are more fungible. Ryan maybe Reynolds could, buying that team. And right. Right. Doing or that. Not. Or not. Wait. Uh, they they right. didn't buy West, the Senators. Right. Yeah, but they own the. They own right, the. Uh, right. no, well, look, I'm serious. Right. I mean, they're trying. They can be bigger in sports than they are. But MLS is kind of. It's pretty good production. Well, I thought the better part of your conversation was about Apple's foray into financial services. Oh, how high yield savings is doing. Uh, the watch. In fact, today. Uh, Bernstein. Right. Uh, Bernstein's no Tony Saganaki takes a look at does the watch become an FDA compliant device? And I don't think they're going that he way. I think, think so they're, they just don't have they look, they never overpromise, and that's very hard to get blood pressure right. But I, I would say, look, their franchises are doing incredibly well. We didn't talk about numbers directly, but I, I, I was wondering, I said, look, all these other streaming services net we can talk about Netflix are strapped. I mean, they have unlimited firepower. And they're developing movies that cost a lot of money, but they don't care. They're saying, look, we're putting out quality stuff still, and we're not thinking about how to, how to conserve money. We're thinking about how to do great product. And I, I just well, think they're doing it right. Well, or they may be doing it right, but your point is they have unlimited money. And Amazon, right. by the way, is in that similar camp. You've got everybody trying to work, their, work out their balance sheets and figure out how much capital they need, guys. except for these two guys. Do you think Amazon Web Services both really sort of can reaccelerate? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, the Mizuho. Because I don't know. I I went out and kind of said that I thought it could hold the line at ten, and I, I'm not saying that anyone from Amazon would call me and say, you know, how could you say something like that? But I did get the feeling that I'm too bullish by thinking they can continue to grow at ten percent. David, down single, you know, mid single digit growth for AWS would be something that I think people would not like. Uh, well, it's slowed. It's in the last quarter. Yeah, 35% down a yeah. single digit. You don't see that at Microsoft. No, Azure has not slowed to that extent. No. Why, is it just a market share game, a game at this point? I don't point, know. I, got, I have Frank Slootman on from Snowflake tonight. I'll, I'll ask him. I think, that, I, look, I think that they had unbelievable growth and still doing well. And the advertising business that you first singled out as being something that could be watched is the big money. That's, that's the earner. But to your point, Mizuho this morning says they do see it sort of 
rebounding in the beginning of the second half right. of this year. Uh, AWS, that, which, which is rap. the profit engine of right. Amazon. I went with that rap, and I think people felt there that I was premature. You, they did. Prematurely positive. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sticking with my positive rap out of Amazon. They said, well, no, but it's got to be based on this. Yeah. It's, the deceleration is pretty serious there. But I think that Amazon Web Services is really going to be a function of, yes, I said today we're not going to call it AI. I told David today, I said, today's the machine learning day. Ah, I got tired of AI, generative <laughs> well, AI. Now we'll go we with use, machine learning. We're using machine learning. We have to mix it up a little because sure, all some... the public is sick of us using these terms. They are. We can't say generative AI anymore. No, generative still works. All Someone right. said degenerative AI to me. I said, no, it's generative AI. Can we just say the machines are learning? <laughs> the machines, they be learning. When we speak, when we hear NVIDIA, when we hear Jensen tonight, I got to tell you, I bet she'll be new terms. He hates the same old, same old. That, it's important. I mean, anything he says at this point is anything. of importance. That's why and, the China NVIDIA comments were... NVIDIA is, I you could argue, kind of the key to this market, uh, right, Jim? Well, for, I, for, let's call it not today, but for the last couple of months. I was speaking to Cadence yesterday. Uh, Cadence Design, best performing stock over a five-year period. They do a lot of work in NVIDIA. And it, yeah, NVIDIA's way Intel was with Andy Grove. It's kind of like, what's Andy thinking? Now it's, what, Jen, what is well, Jensen? He was very paranoid. We know that. That book was great. Yes. Only the paranoid survived. That was fantastic. Andy Grove. We mentioned Palo Alto earlier. Oh, uh, how are we doing on that? That's going to be a fresh 52-week high. Yes. Uh, up to 205. That's almost a 9% gain, of course. Billings up 26. Yep. EBIT up 60. Uh, Webbush goes to 225. And this is what Nikesh Aurora told Jim last night on Mad Money. Generative AI has this amazing ability, which writes points for you. It you know, does audio, video, all these amazing creative things that it does, which I think has huge applicability, both in how we do customer support, how we build products that become easier for customers to use. I think there's going to be tremendous amounts of efficiency and customer happiness driven from that. Uh, look, this is a guy who is so underestimated. Uh, Palo Alto is an amazing company because it's come in. There are no platforms. It used to be these just, well, you can handle the firewall and you'll handle the keys to the kingdom part. No, he's got a platform and it works. And everybody comes to him, whether it's on premise or whether it's in the cloud. And he has been think, talking to me about AI. Other than Jensen, no one ever mentioned me AI. He never, never mentioned. He would say, listen, you know, there's this thing, artificial intelligence will beat the bad guys with it. I'm figuring out how to make money with it internally. He has been a visionary on it. But because he's in this cybersecurity world, no one thinks that that's where great genius lies. And yet they ought to because the bad guys have got great genius. Russia, not a factor right now. So, fortunately. I guess I'm wondering why, whether or not you think AI checks a lot of boxes, meaning it'll cool off the labor force, right, by putting some people yep. out of work. It, does it explain what's happening with corporate margins? Do earnings no, need to be brought up? I mean, things that you're worried about, th- well, does this solve them? I thought that Carmine DeCivio, that runs EY, said some very interesting things and provocative things to us yesterday here about the notion of how many people you should hire. Try to figure out whether you need all those people. I think that this is going to be that college group of people who are faced with maybe the machine. You know, some, you'll be a recruiter and your boss will come in and say, look, anybody who you think a job that a machine could do better, let's just not fill it. I, I don't want to like lay, IBM was starting to talk about a couple yeah, weeks ago. I don't want to lay off people that I hired and then turns out that that uh, uh, that a terrific fellow like Nikesh comes in and says, you know what? You hired those people for cybersecurity. You don't need them. We have a bot that handles that and alerts us, and then we go to work. Yeah. That's what can happen. 
He can save you money. He'll save money. And it will never be like, you know, we can take a chainsaw. It's not going to be one of those. Right. It's just going to be we're not going to hire It's not going to be a Home Depot festival, you know, just chainsaws everywhere. Um, Guys, to come back to a name that we haven't mentioned often and we may never mention again, uh, Nicola. Remember that company, Nicola? I mentioned it because yeah. obviously you love that thing well, at forty five. Oh, I did not love it at any price. <laughs> that was ever. when you told me that they had the truck rolling, the rolling down the hill truck. Trevor Milton, of course, actually oh, wait, awaiting sentencing the uh, old CEO. But I mentioned Nikola today because it is a seventy six cent stock. Three years ago, you may recall, of course, it got kind of memefied in a sense. It was, right. uh, I mean, staggering where that's st- where the company's uh, value was. We can go back. Let's take a look at a three-year or a five-year. Why do I mention it? Well, they need, an, they need approval to increase their authorized number of common shares. And if they don't get it, they basically say their ability to continue ongoing operations and objectives, including their uh, need for capital, will be out of reach. So uh, shareholders have until, when is it? Uh, June 6th that to, era, uh, to vote to allow them to. Uh, and by the way, then you can look at Wheels Up. You can look at WeWork. You can look at any number. This was a SPAC, of course. Set in part was one of the reasons why that SPAC, kind of the early part of that the SPAC Wheels craze, um, which led to so many companies going public via SPAC in the 2021 time period. 600 came public during, yeah. it's just not a remnant of 330 in 2000. Yeah. 600 came public of the dubious SPAC and Allbird yeah. kind of IPO. Yeah. And I mean, I look at Wheels Up and I think how much money people must have paid them. You know, you had to pay them up front. Wow. I know. It's, uh, it, wow. it reminded me that just now of that line from Jaws where Robert Charles saying, 700 men went into the water, 70 came out, sharks got the rest. Indianapolis. Kind of, kind Indianapolis. People don't realize that had the atomic bomb on it. That's how they carried it. Indianapolis carried the atomic bomb. Didn't think we'd go there. But anyway, but the, yeah. to your point, it's about one in ten, maybe less, yeah. that are actually going to survive this. And these, all these, we put a basket together of like the 72 cent. What's well, we, we put our indexes together, and if you were able to, I don't know that you could short those indexes, but <laughs> well, if you could, nice. you would have been very happy. But a lot of people lost a lot of money. Really quick, Jim, uh, Disney below 89. Oh, so painful. Uh, that's going to be almost the lows for the year. So painful. On a day where we're starting to get word that Netflix will roll out their password crackdown in the United States. Well, it's just, I mean, Eddie Q, when talking about you know, Apple Plus versus a Disney Plus, I mean, he didn't directly compare, but it, I just feel like if they wanted to do a giant movie that they would put on Disney, they couldn't afford it. This couldn't afford it. What? No, a $300 million movie. They could afford it. What, Disney? Yeah. No, but I'm saying they can't. You look at it. Would somebody, if someone, would they green light a $300 million? What do I want green light? What am I like? <laughs> Mr. You know, Hollywood now? Thalberg or something. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm saying that they probably have, no, that, that's too they expensive. They have to think very carefully about their allocation of capital. Sure, but they always do that. Well, I know that it, it, at ESPN, they've been told, Hey, guys, cancel the big projects. We pointed this out after the last earnings. Listen, linear TV is in a decline that is, is, is quickening. But you were talking, you guys were talking about some show you were watching. Oh, Abbott Elementary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abbott Elementary. What's <laughs> that? Warner, Warner, Warner Toby. Toby. I should watch it. It's supposed to be but very good. Do you think uh, Killers of the Flower Moon would be green-lighted at Disney? I do not know. What did that cost? About, Apple. I don't know, 250 maybe $300 million. What? It right. looks good. Didn't read and the Eddie book. said it was good. I, I, I ordered the book. Darn yeah. right, it better be good. Meanwhile, they greenlit the Will Smith movie. That didn't work out that well for them. That was not a hit. Was, no, it's a huge wasn't. number they but spent Osage Indians, I mean, it is amazing. They were the richest people in the world. And then just our country 
Not a, sometimes yeah, our country is not on October the right can't side. come soon enough. Can't yep. wait. Exactly. Uh, let's get a look at the Bond uh, universe today. Interesting day. We'll get Waller at 12:10, but more importantly, FOMC minutes at two uh, will give us a sense as to what the discussion is right now regarding uh, the pace of rate hikes. Dollar, by the way, highest today since March 20. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. A covered analog. Another one is Agilent, letter A. They do test and measurement. Another company that is consistent. It's great. It gets it. And test and measurement, they do some more. They have a lot of orders with biotech. And when you don't have biotech IPOs, you are finding that companies that cater to that industry are just getting hurt. And that is a very unusual miss. Uh, Agilent's been a horse, but you got to stay away from companies that need biotechs to generate a lot of uh, their sales. Is NVIDIA tonight the most important print NVIDIA, of the month? Yeah, NVIDIA is really important. And there also is a talk next week that Jensen is going to give in, in Taiwan. But I think that he has, look, this is, you know, if there was a Mount Rushmore, he, he would, all of them would just be him. All four. <laughs> That's Various phases of his life. What else are you going to tackle tonight? Okay, so I've got uh, Snowflake, which is Frank Slubin, which is incredibly important to figure out. Rent is renting the, uh, that, that's a great peculiar renting model. Of, uh, of the cloud, which he has a lot of business with Amazon, find out that. And then uh, Mr. Devin, this Cadence, they are the, the software that you need when you want to make a, a semiconductor. And no one talks about them, and we are going to unveil why they've been the best performer for the last five years of any company. We've got a lot of companies that he's, design their own chips, whether it's Apple or Tesla. Right, but you know, Tesla, the, Tesla's a huge client of right. his. How did you know that? Well, I mean, <laughs> occasionally I actually... Man, you I, just come to play every I, day, don't you? I, I, I try. I All can't right. keep up with you, but I try. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad Money, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. A lot more Squawk in the Street continues from Santa Barbara as we're trying to hold 41.20 here. And the VIX back to 20. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.